0: Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Near Fall Radio right here on the Butt Munch Chips Radio Network. Butt Munch Chips, sit on your Butt Munch. I am your host, Landon Doan, and I'm joined as always by my co host, my tag team partner, if you will. By God, he is my best friend. It's Will Rab, ladies and gentlemen. Rab, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing good, man. I am ready. As they say, you got to give the people what they want. And, well, at least us two wanted to bring back Near Fall Radio. And so, I think I figured this out because I I, I could be confused about this. Semi-weekly would mean we would do it twice a week, which would be really hard. Bi-weekly means every other week, I think you'll be able to tune in and hear Near Fall Radio. You'll also be able to still hear the R&D Project. And in celebration of that, it's kind of like when WWE would do a super show and tape Raw and SmackDown in the same city. We have two, yes, two podcasts this week, should the schedule work correctly uh, for you. (laughs) So if you want to hear us make fun of the coronavirus later this week, tune in to the R&D Project. But I'm doing good, my friend. I am coming to you not from the Hardy compound, uh, but from... Uh, the The lake compound over here, like I told you off the air, we're uh, uh, house-sitting for a, a couple of friends of the family, so I have a nice view of the lake, even though it's overcast right now, it's still... a a good view to have while you're taping a podcast instead of what I normally do, which is stare at the wall because I'm in my home office.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's always nice to be living that lake life. And uh, I want to jump in here real quick. Later on this week, you're going to hear Will Rab make fun of the coronavirus because I have already had to cancel an upcoming trip. So I am not going to tempt the fate that is coronavirus any further than I already have to. (laughs) No, I'm not going
1: to make fun of it. I'm just going to make fun of the people who... Uh, went to Costco and bought 40 pallets of toilet paper. What are you going to do with it? Make a mask out of toilet paper? It does seem like people, when people are, you know, preparing, and, and and I
0: promise we'll get into wrestling here in a second. I just want to say this. It seems like when people are preparing for the possible self-quarantine that we've all been talked about, it seems like they're going out and preparing to be snowed in it's like like you said, I see a bunch of people loading up on toilet paper and water and uh and boiler and like bags of rice and stuff like that. It's like 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 we're, we're we're preparing for for you know a really really bad bug. We're not preparing for a blizzard, y'all, but anyway, that is for later in the week uh, but before we go further, we need to go a little bit backwards because the last yep. time we joined you, the lovely listener. We were on the doorstep of AEW's Revolution, the pay-per-view that I sp- I was looking very much forward to going into the show. And, it, and, Rab, you were too. Expectations were high. And at least on my end, they met those expectations and then went above and beyond.
1: I'll say this. I'm one of those people, and, you know, there may be rare uh, I- exceptions to where I can give you uh, a, a 10 uh, out of 10, uh, not to try to think of it off the top of my head, but, you know, there are probably movies out there, episodes of, of television shows, uh, entertainment products, really exciting uh, sporting events that we have watched that approach that 10 out of 10 category. Uh But I'm usually that guy, hey, you know, the best you're probably going to get is like a 9.75. I'm going to find that little quarter point uh, deduction that I might have to uh, give you because, you know, there's always something you go back and watch the tape. That's just my sports background. You go back and watch the tape, you're going to find a couple of things that you'd like to tidy up. But I was gonna say, it sounds like it sounds like right here you're uh, you're trying to advocate for yourself in the future
0: to be a uh, baseball Hall of Fame voter.
1: No, man, I, I will get. I will give.
0: Well, <laughs> like, oh, we can't vote do- for this guy on the first on the first ballot because he uh, he wore blue socks with black pants one time. That monster. No, I do think you can have.
1: <laughs> I, I do think things can be so overwhelming you can vote somebody unanimously into a Hall of Fame. But I will give. AEW Dynamite, a solid 9.9 out of 10. Wow. Maybe even, yeah, I'll I'll go go 9.9 out of 10. The the couple of even down moments of the show. A, number one, Hager and and Dustin, that was still a a, a good quality match. We'd be losing our mind about it if it just, like, showed up on AEW Dark or Dynamite. (laughs) Two, Okay, we didn't. You and I both agreed before the show we didn't like the spot for Statlander Rose, and then the match was a little underwhelming. But apparently, aliens get the flu as well. So I'm almost
0: tempted. She uh, she toughed it out like Jordan in Game Six, though. So you got to
1: give Statlander
0: some uh, credit for going out there.
1: I'm just kind of going to put that one to the side and say, okay, they went out in a tough spot and did what they had to do, a- and their placement in the card kind of indicated that they would be a cool-down match. And Mm -hmm. and that's always tough to have to go out there and put on a five-star match after the crowd just, you know...
0: Especially following what some are calling the best match that AEW's ever had. Now, granted, this is only an organization or federation, whatever you want to call them, that's been around for a couple years. But, I mean... I would be hard-pressed to think of another tag match that I enjoyed more than Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega taking on the Young Bucks. That thing from beginning to end, the story they told, the action, amazing. Like Just thinking about it, the hair on my arm is standing up. It was such an incredible story that these four athletes told. They knew each other's weaknesses. They knew each other's strengths. They said in the lead-up to this, they're, they're practically like family. They see each other more than they do their actual family just because you know, they're on the road. So to see the story that they told, and they went 30 minutes, and I'll be honest, I could have watched another 30 minutes of it. I'm, I'm glad they didn't go, you know, full 60, leave them wanting more. But God, that tag team match was fantastic.
1: And, and that's got to be exciting if you're an old school wrestling fan, right? Like, especially the folks who grew up on, on the the old school, watching wrestling on the Turner channels, be it TNT or TBS, but especially back in the heyday of of Mid-Atlantic and, and Jim Crockett in Georgia uh, Championship Wrestling, because Southern Wrestling was built on the tag teams back in the 70s and 80s, and so to see the match of the night be a tag team match, which you kind of expected, right, because the Bucks are widely regarded as one of the best tag teams in the world, and despite their heat within the the story uh between Adam Page and the rest of the elite Adam Page can work really well Kenny Omega is is that best bout machine uh, type of guy mm-hmm. and we definitely
0: saw some flashes of that old school vicious best bout machine Kenny yeah. omega that we're used to seeing in new japan we definitely saw some flashes of that in the tag match uh at, at revolution especially when the bucks pulled out the finisher that the golden lovers him and kota ibushi use in new japan like that fired omega that was one of those moments like oh shit here we go Such a great match. Hey, real quick, before we get further on, if you hadn't seen AEW Revolution, let me do a quick breakdown of the card. Opening... um uh, pre-show match, Dark Order, which is Evil Uno and Stu Grayson go on defeat SoCal Uncensored. AEW debut of Colt Cabana. That was exciting. Uh, first match on the card itself was the pre-mentioned Jake Hager, Dustin Rhodes. Jake Hager defeating Rhodes with a flash submission, kind of a triangle hold type thing. Uh, Darby Allen defeats Sammy Guevara in just a brutal, brutal matchup. Uh, we already talked about how... Hangman and Omega retained the titles against the Young Bucks in an all-time classic tag match. AEW Women's Champion Nyla Rose successfully defends her title against Chris Statlander, an ailing alien Chris Statlander, as we found out after the fact. MJF with Wardlow defeated Cody, who also had Arn Anderson and Brandi Rhodes in his corner. That has been a somewhat divisive opinion online. We'll get to that in a second. In what If it wasn't for an all-time great tag team match, this would have been my match of the night. I had so Mm -hmm. much fun watching Mm -hmm. this. It's the Bastard Pac defeating Orange Cassidy with Chuck Taylor and Trent. We saw the story continue on the next episode of AEW where Pac and the, or excuse me, Pac and the the Lucha Bros have formed a trio known as the Death Triangle or Death Triangle, but we'll get to that in a second. And then finally, in your main event, it was Jon Moxley defeating AEW heavyweight champion Chris Jericho. To become the new and second only ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. So uh, that was the rundown of Revolution. I mentioned some match that, matches that jumped out to me going through this. Rab, where do you want to head on the on the card?
1: Well, I, I just I just want to have one more thought on that that tag match real quick. I just again, my overall thing is I, I, I loved that you can put tag team wrestling to the forefront again. But I'm intrigued to see where all this is going to go, and I think we'll probably weave back around to this later. Because, like you mentioned, uh, Page and and Omega retained, and there wasn't nobody really went uh, full on heel. Uh, Page continues to show his displeasure uh, for the young bucks and some friction with the elite. It was definitely
0: teased by all four participants, but nobody walked out heal that night, which I was kind of surprised at, but I love the fact that we still get to see more of the story.
1: And, and it's going to be interesting because, and we'll get to this later on in the program, uh, Blood and Guts is coming up on Dynamite at the end of the month, and it's the elite versus the inner circle. So obviously they're going to have to try a way to keep uh, the elite uh, together at least until uh, March twenty. 20- fifth or do they I don't know maybe there's some swerve coming but that was a great match and especially uh, the the times you thought okay this could be the moment or or that could be the moment Mm -hmm. you know Paige is able to 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 help with the save and 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 Omega can't can't get his his one-winged Angel because of the injury and that the story that tells and, and things of that nature
0: so then, Hangman steps up and hits the one-winged cowboy. That was awesome. And
1: anytime you can, anytime you can get a new layer of the onion on the cowboy shit, I'm all about that. The one-winged cowboy again. I'm just. By the way, real
0: quick, you have not seen this, uh, Rab, but you, the lovely listener, might have in the latest episode of Being the Elite. We saw another fraction in the foundation of the Elite coming off of television last week where Hangman Mm -hmm. Adam Page had to come out and save Cody and the Young Bucks. During a scene shot for BTE, Hangman walks into the room yelling at both Cody and Matt Jackson saying, I've tried to tell you I want out of the Elite. So let me tell you one more time. This is me walking through that Elite door. I'm out. So you asked the question, are they going to be able to keep the Elite together until Blood and Guts? As of right now, that is very much up in the air, but I am curious to see how that pays off.
1: I'm so, I'm so ready to see... I don't want to rush the the payoff because they're telling a great story, but I I am excited to see what happens with that and how they do it because you have this uh, cult of personality. Hey, what's up, CM Punk? Um, (laughs) Persona right now with Hangman Page, this beer-drinking, ass-kicking son of a bitch. Who the fans just absolutely love, and the last time that happened, wrestling history was made. Now I'm not comparing Hangman Page to Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? It, it you know it's that's I think it's just exciting to see this guy that again I had no idea who he was because I didn't watch a lot of Japanese wrestling. I would see a a, a a a New Japan match occasionally on on Access TV here or there if I was at the bar waiting to watch a ball game. So I didn't really know Hangman Page until AEW came around, but it just shows you the performer he is that he could create this connection so quickly and organically with the fans. And I think most people were probably in the same boat I was. I
0: mean, just look at the look at the way Hangman's being booked now to the time when AEW started when when he was put up in that top title card. I mean, he he fought for the AEW championship the first time it was ever defended, coming up short against Chris Jericho. And ever since then, he kind of took a step back, quote unquote, in the scheme of things. You know, he got moved out of that main event picture. And ever since then, he's just been molten hot. So I'm really excited, like you, to see the continuation of this story. I'm curious to see how it's going to pay off. And I am curious when we're going to get Hangman back in that main event title picture, because I think he if he's not the most over hottest act in the company, he's he's dang well the second or third most over. So I do think it is just only a matter of time until Hangman gets back up to that main rung. But I am curious how we're going to get there in the meantime. Uh in the meantime, let's head uh let's jump to the top of the AEW card and talk about how we no longer have a Le Champion. We just have a straight up world champion. Rab, what are your thoughts on? The former Dean Ambrose picking up the big gold belt at Revolution.
1: I'm happy uh, for him because of all the the shit he had to deal with at the the end of his his mm. WWE run. I
0: heard it was some good shit though, so you know that's well. <laughs> well, that's what one guy said anyway. That's what
1: one guy said, pal. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean, you could kind of see this building if. You know, some of the rumors are to be believed because, you know, spoiler alert, we'll, we'll take this outside of Cave Fabe land for a moment. Chris Jericho is going on a tour with Fozzie and yes, none of the dates conflict. He could make dynamite tapings, but what if something, ha- like, something ha- happens and he needs a week off? Like I'm not saying anything bad happens, but there's a travel delay or you just don't want to jet set all over the place. It kind of makes sense uh, to put the belt on someone else right now. And John Moxley's rocket hot in the promotion. He's one of those guys, uh, you know, as far as the, the baby faces go, that is is way over with the crowd. And there's a lot of things you can do with him. They've kind of carried on the feud of... Uh, Moxley in the inner circle right now, and then you can continue that even without Jericho. Uh, we can see what happens maybe with an MJF or a young guy, and so it, it just gives you it gives you a, it gives you a lot of options when you have a new a champion. Period. But it also gives you a lot of options with a guy like John Moxley who doesn't really have any allegiances or leans towards anybody. He doesn't care. He'll just go out there and, and kick your ass and defend his belt every week.
0: Though it does seem like, as we've previously established, him and Darby Allin are low key best friends. But, you know, other than that, he is the lone wolf. I am curious to see how AEW, well, if there's going to be a difference in the way AEW handles their storytelling, handles television, and in the future pay per views, because this is the first time we've seen AEW programming and television with the baby face on top, even before Jericho was crowned the first world heavyweight champion of AEW. He was still pretty much the final boss that you were always chasing. Yes. Cody put this together. Yes. The young bucks put this together. Yes. Kenny Omega and the elite put this whole entire thing together. But Jericho, at least in my opinion, still felt like that guy that if you wanted to say you got to the top, you had to go over him. So I am curious to see what AEW if it's going to look any different or if it's going to feel any different going forward. And I'm also curious to see how AEW is going to differentiate themselves from the WWE because I've always loved, whether it be John Moxley, whether it be Dean Ambrose, I loved this character always chasing the title, always doing anything he can to get that thing. He is that vicious dog who has beat in on his prey and he's going to get it come hell or high water. In the WWE, once Dean Ambrose got his title, got his strap, he kind of meandered. He kind of went from lifeless feud to lifeless feud. Now, I don't think that's simply because Dean Ambrose was being booked as a face. AEW can differentiate themselves and set themselves even further apart from uh, from the WWE in John Moxley's previous life. So I'm curious to see if we're going to see anything like that. Because it does look like we are possibly going to see more of him and Jericho but I wonder how much longer we have in that feud. And then you do have to have an eye to the future. You mentioned MJF, and he has been positioned highly on the card, but. I think at Revolution, we kind of saw that MJF's strengths aren't necessarily in ring. They're everything else outside of the ring. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that MJF is not a good worker. That is not at all what I'm saying. So I'm sure he'll still come after me on Twitter and flip me off and say mean things about me. But I'm not saying he's- Fuck them kids. Exactly. Fuck them kids. I'm not saying he's a bad worker. What I am saying, his in-ring stuff isn't necessarily his strength. And I would be afraid if you put MJF into that feud with Moxley at the top of the card, with the spotlight on him, I don't want them to rush this. Because MJF, if you've listened to me on previous episodes, if you've listened to my day job on the Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI, we definitely talked about MJF flipping off a kid. I'm a fan of MJF just straight up. I think he has a big future in the world of professional wrestling. I just don't want them to hotshot this. The crowd turns on him, and then they have to bring him back down the card because story-wise, position-wise, he's set up very, very well. I mean, even with the dynamite diamond ring, but I'm afraid he isn't ready to go after the big prize just yet.
1: I, I And I, I think, I, I do believe, uh, after watching that promo, Several times that he cut. I don't think he was necessary necessarily. Excuse me. Uh, telegraphing. Hey, this is where we're going to go next. I just, you know, that is a possibility of things AEW could do in the future. And after you beat the guy, Cody's the top dog. The elites are the top dogs. Uh, you know, booking wise. And everybody knows that it's not a hidden thing, like it was with Mister the 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 Vince McMahon announcer character, and they acted like Vince McMahon didn't run the WWF back in the day. Everybody knows who you know books uh, AEW. Why wouldn't you call your shot and say you're going to go after everybody? So I like that from NJF, or I do think there's unfinished business with him and cody although it looks like there may be someone else coming in to to challenge cody mm-hmm. once again from the announcement from jake the snake so oh God, that that's so awesome. interesting uh i'll say this you mentioned the the death triangle a minute ago and you always liked the the fighter john moxley having to fight and scrap his way okay well let's just bait, not full-on book handicap matches but for a lack of a better term John Moxley out here to you know defending his honor defending his belt and he's such a badass that if you don't have a whole stable of dudes you're not going to be able to get in his way and again that's continuing him overcoming the adverse adversity of being having the target on his back from the inner circle, the I love that. Uh, target on his back, and and you could have look, you could have tremendous matches with any one of those three guys uh, in the Death Triangle, uh, Pac or the Lucha Bros, uh, Ray or, or Pentagon, and, and have really good stories uh, to tell there, and give those guys an opportunity to show their main event bona fides as singles wrestlers because. Folks who aren't familiar with the Lucha Bros and some of the work they've done elsewhere, including Major League Wrestling, might not understand, hey, those are not just tag team specialists.
0: Mm -hmm. Particularly, I was going to say particularly Pentagon, but on the flip side, Ray Phoenix is one of the best in-ring workers in the world. Oh, by the way, uh, every time we say uh, Pentagon Jr.'s name, uh, if you listen closely, you can hear him scream, Sierra Muerto. So, you know, just just listen carefully. No fear, baby. Yeah, no fear, no fear. No I care. love that, but but dude, like tone it down a little bit. Um, All right, <laughs> okay, okay. Rab, anything else from Revolution? Because we've gone top to bottom, we've touched on the highlights. We kind of talked about uh, what we consider the low light.
1: Okay, I'll I'll do this real quick. I'll bullet point the the other matches that were on the card because what we haven't touched on Cassidy Pack, and then oh yeah, Cody, we MJ yeah we got to right? talk
0: about Orange Cassidy. Yeah, we have to. Uh,
1: look, God. at the end of, at the end of the day, wrestling. Is supposed to be fun, and I know he's probably not listening right now. But I'm about to, I'm about to shoot on Jim Cornette, okay? Oh, and I'm gonna shoot on the ilk that lap up the bullshit that comes out of Jim Cornette's mouth.
0: Careful, you're gonna get the cult of corny to come after.
1: Us. <laughs> I ain't scared, brother. I'm scared of a bunch of old old dudes who think it's still real. And, no, you no, know, they, whatever.
0: They don't think it's still real. Damn it. <laughs>
1: I don't under I don't understand how you cannot be entertained by Orange Cassidy. I get it's a bit unorthodox. But this thing anybody who takes wrestling too seriously needs to look at themselves in the mirror. It's wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's supposed to be fun. It's a suspension of disbelief. Orange Cassidy's gimmick is a little, again, unorthodox, but he's over massively and the guy can work and any old timer, if you really, for the lack of a better phrase, put a gun to your head, their head will tell you at the end of the day, if you're over with the crowd, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how you get over, get over. That's the whole point. And so... I was excited because I'd only seen a couple of clips from indie shows. But, dude, if you can get in that ring and go toe-to-toe and you can work with with Pac, who's a great worker, and the look the the contrast between the size and the physicality of Pac and, and Orange Cassidy's kind of, hey, I might try, I kind of sort of <laughs> care gimmick, that's the, that's the stuff dreams are made of, man. I mean, how many great... You're gonna sit there and, and tell me Orange Cassie's not believable, is gimmick stupid, but you believed back in the day that it was actually possible for somebody like a Rey Mysterio to beat the Undertaker. Like if that was a real shoot fight, there's not a chance in hell that's what actually happens.
0: Or better yet, uh, back in the uh, back in the eighties, you totally believed that a that a guy called the Undertaker was an undead zombie warrior wizard guy.
1: Yeah. So I love it. I like Orange Cassidy's gimmick because it's I'm kind of too cool for school thing, and you know I don't know if he ever rises to the level where like he's challenging for the AEW Championship. But it doesn't it doesn't matter because you need that guy. You you need those mid card guys. You need you need guys to help you round out the show. And rather than giving us absolute trash that nobody's interested. Hey, what's up, Sean Spears? Just pick a damn tag team partner. I don't care. Ouch! Give me give me something I'm interested in. As, as they say, got to give the people what they want. And you know what? People want some freshly squeezed and some best friends.
0: They really do. And, like, I never thought in a thousand years that the combination of Orange Cassidy and Pac would be so well. They work so well together. It's like, like... Here's, here's Pac, the bastard Pac, this high intense, high energy, high velocity, high brutality guy who really does take himself seriously. And you nailed it perfectly. On the flip side, you have this guy that is trying to care in Orange Cassidy. And like, I'm sorry. For everybody that says he can't work, A, they've never seen him in the ring. And B, you just need to see him do the kip up with his hands in the pockets. Do you realize how hard that is? Like, like, that is that is the sign of a true athlete. And, like, I look forward to the continuation of this story because it does seem like uh, Cassidy and the best friends are going to be tangling with Death Triangle. So we get to see more of Pac and Cassidy. And I promise by our next episode, I'll decide if it's Pac or if it's Pac, one of the two, I'm excited to see more from that combination.
1: Absolutely. And, and this is a kind out of out-of-the-box thing. I don't know if this is something AEW is going to want to do but people are asking if they're going to add more titles all the time. I would totally, totally love in AEW because you have so many good uh, factions and stables. Could you imagine uh, 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 a trios belt? Yes. In AEW down the road. That would be so awesome.
0: Amen. There, There definitely needs to be a trios division just because there are so many good three man teams. And on top of that, I think there needs to be an intercontinental level title. I was thinking maybe call it the uh, call it a, you know, bring back the TV title, but AEW does so much online that might, you know, hamstring them yeah. in, in that instance. But I do think there does need to be another secondary title. I mean, some people might say that the dynamite diamond ring is a secondary title. I was going to go title. there in a second. I, that, that, that feels like a stretch. I mean, I understand why you're saying it. And if it was a secondary title, it makes all the sense in the world to put it on somebody like MJF. But I don't know, in a world where, where you know, wrestling fan equates, uh, you know, title to belt, maybe a ring works, but to me, it's like, like, come on, y'all, get a secondary title.
1: I do think it's interesting that they've not used uh, MJF's ring in that capacity yet, but I could understand if they don't, you know, they're still maybe trying to figure out where they want to go uh, with belts, but... I agree. At some point, I think they need at least one more. And look, this is a guy who's not a belt mark. You can tell you can tell a good story, and you can have a good feud without a belt. That just you know that actually makes it easier uh, to explain why two guys are 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 at odds with one another because they want they want ten pounds of gold around their waist. Uh, speaking of MJF, speaking of telling good stories. Uh, I was maybe not no not surprised cuz you had brought it up on the the preview podcast but indeed it happened MJF went over on Cody uh, at Revolution uh, I don't know if that uh, feud is is on the back burner or or what's going on where they're going to go with it uh, quite yet cuz Cody got interrupted by jake the snake which by the way i'm, I'm glad jake the snake's healthy enough to to oh come God. out and cut a promo shout
0: out to ddp yoga he saved jake robert and scott hall's life not to mention yes. countless others this is not a yes, paid yes. endorsement i'm just advocating ddp yoga
1: absolutely it, to see where that goes but i will be honest i at first I thought, okay i understand the business of it the fan of me still wants to see cody uh, get his pound of flesh, but that was another well-booked match. I don't it's it was not the match of the night. That was the tag match and then I'd actually put PAC Orange Cassidy second. Mm-hmm. I would put Cody MJF third, which is saying a lot because it was a really good card.
0: I think I'd go uh, AEW title spot 3 then Cody MJF at 4.
1: But I, I look, I love that Cody is willing to go out there on a limb and, and for lack of a better term, kind of say, hey, I want to do an homage to this. Everybody knows I'm Dusty's boy. I grew up on Southern wrestling, and we're going to have a good old Southern kind of dirty, physical, NWA, Jim Crockett promotion style match, and the heel's going to get over on me, and then that just gives us a bunch of possibilities of where to go with it. So it was well-booked match, well-executed match, and then I think smart booking, too, to maybe not go ahead and blow that off with Cody and MJF.
0: Absolutely, and I uh, there was somebody online, and I wish I could remember who made this point so I could give them credit. They said they felt like they saw a, a thing that differentiates Cody as a booker from Dusty as a booker. You did just make reference. Cody is clearly his father's son through and through, makes no qualms about hiding that, nor should he. But uh, whoever this, uh, again, I apologize for not being able to credit this. They said in this instance, they think Dusty would have put himself over and then let MJF come back and get his heat back. This person said they feel like Cody Rhodes has a better grasp and understanding of the story that they're currently telling right now because he did see or he did have enough foresight to be like i need to catch the l here so max can continue to get heat he continued uh, to move on and i can move on to my next feud which as we found out on the next episode of dynamite it looks like it's going to be jake roberts and his uh client or clients, as it's been possibly speculated online, where it seems like MJF, yes, he did cut a promo on beating Cody and the and the shirt. I pinned Cody. That was great. Somebody asked him online, by the way, if that's going to be available at shop.aew.com. MJF responded, no, because I earned it and you sweaty marks didn't. So that's a one-of-a-kind <laughs> shirt, which I thought was a great heel response. Um, but in, in advertising for uh, upcoming episodes of... AEW Dynamite, MJF is featured in a trios tag match with the Butcher and the Blade taking on Jurassic Express. Now, I don't know if this is just giving MJF and the Butcher and the Blade something to do that week, or if we're going to enter into a program with that trio taking on Jurassic Express, because Jurassic Express has made uh it quite clear they don't like mjf in the past so maybe that is where all those parties are going uh but i don't know it's like i do think eventually we are going to get a payoff of cody as you so lovingly refer to it as getting his pound of flesh because i mean at the end of the day he booked himself well here but at the end of the day he is still
1: a rhodes and a rhodes is going to get his baby if you're going to introduce a new belt and I don't want to get into fantasy booking too much here, but if you were going to introduce a new belt. Cody always said, "Hey, I wouldn't challenge for the World Championship." But if they come up with some intercontinental mid-level belt and you book it and they, you know, we're going to have a we're going to have a tournament for the a, we'll just call it the AEW US Championship right now. And and you booked it that way and it ended up Cody MJF 2 and Cody goes over there or MJF or whatever and then you know this was the the classic inboxing that you always hoped you could get was what's going to make the most money a trilogy so if you book this down the line and, and and Cody or or whatever gets the win and it's 1-1 and Cody has a belt and he took something cuz MJF doesn't care about anything but himself and what's going to put himself over being the first, you know, hypothetical AEW B-level title champion, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, then you have that third payoff and, and Maxwell wins and, and he's the the champ at some point. And then he's got his belt and he's been built up and he's gotten everything he can get build-wise out of working with that veteran Cody. Then they go their separate ways and it's all good.
0: Yeah, I would be fine with that booking and especially like I hadn't even thought of a trilogy of matches between the two, but yeah, that'd be a great payoff. I mean, heck, let's break out the cage again.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Although if you watched uh the C two E Two uh panel, which Excalibur did a great job hosting, they were all like, Holy crap. Uh Y'all made the ring y'all y'all made the cage too big. <laughs> and and the bu- and the but and the bucks could not believe that Cody went through with doing that moonsault off of that cage. They were like they they were wa- doing a walkthrough and they were like, You're gonna take that out the match, right? And Cody just kinda shot him a look. <sighs>
0: Well, it was like Cody even said, it's like he just pretty much closed his eyes and went backwards because he couldn't dare to look at it. He said, Tony Khan told him before the match, don't do this spot. Please do not do this spot. You do not have to do this spot. But Cody, being the consummate professional that he is and the trailblazer by any means necessary, he closed his eyes and one, two, three, go, man. And also, good on Wardlow, because they've never worked together. So good on Wardlow yes. to be there and catch him and not let your EVP die.
1: Yeah, so if you're wondering, I, I think maybe possibly in a couple weeks, because we're going to have two of them suckers for blood and guts. Uh, down the line, I think the uh, AEW cage is going to look a little bit different, which <laughs> is kind of disappointing, because that thing looked badass. But it's
0: not going to be 70 feet tall? Oh.
1: <laughs> they're gonna trim they're gonna trim a couple inches uh, off the top so that you don't die if you botch a moonsault
0: probably for the best but hey if we're being honest as long as they don't paint it red i'll be okay
1: hey can i tell you the best thing going back to that from a few weeks ago absolutely th- the best thing about the aw cage is that you can't win by going over the door mm-hmm. or going out the door
0: <laughs> i like it it's a cage match you shouldn't want to escape unless you're like a MJF type heel. But even then in this feud, you would just want to get your pound of flesh. You would want to break out Uh, that, that diamond dynamite ring. And it's like, that was involved in the end of the match. And mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's like, I love the way it was booked. It makes so much sense. Cody has the match one. He gets greedy. MJF pops him with his dynamite ring but i like like the way it was shot i thought that was that was kind of a hindrance and and i don't know if the way it was shot it wasn't conveyed to the audience what was going on like it, like that pinfall felt kind of flat to me it's like and and that's a disappointment because i understand why they did it i liked i liked that they did it but just for whatever reason the execution it kind of felt like oh 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 the match is over okay
1: and also, it's AEW, so you never know what's the real finish and what's the false finish because they kind of maybe do that a, a couple too many times.
0: And also, while we're talking about kind of screwy finishes, what was your thoughts on the very first match of the card, Jake Hager defeating Dustin Rhodes with kind of a flash submission hold? What are your thoughts on that? Because for me, it's like, I understand uh, Jack Hager... I almost called him Jack Swagger. Jake Hager. Uh, hey, i would have been JR? What's up, Trent Beretta? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, he is Mr. MMA ground and pound, and he'll choke you out on all that stuff. But it's like, I don't know, that kind of just felt like out of nowhere and much like the MJF Cody finish, it kind of caught the crowd off guard. Well,
1: I don't know if it's necessarily bad that it caught the crowd off guard. Maybe They could have maybe uh, sold it a little bit more. But, at the same time, I think the angle they're going there is you remember when Brock came back from the UFC
0: mm-hmm. and he, just, and and he just he had his, he had
1: he had his he had his arm bar or whatever, which. I saw right through because I watched all of Brock's (laughs) UFC matches. And when you're as big as Brock Lesnar in a UFC cage, you don't need to submit anybody. You just knock them the hell out. Uh huh. But that, you know, that was the way that Vince was able to understand and visualize and sell the MMA aspect of it. And I think they're going that angle. And I I think it's important, just like you very rarely see someone get out of uh, Britt Baker's, uh, what is it, the mandible? Uh, yeah, it's it's a mandible claw. I forget what she mandible calls it claw that. finish. I don't know what name she's using for it, but you don't really see the the other girls be able to get out of that. I don't think it needs it. It's one of those things that I, I think it's best for business to establish the how how lethal Jake Hager is. So okay. I, I can see your point of view, but if I think about the bigger picture. And the idea that hey, if he gets that thing locked in, you're done. You're going to sleep, and it was especially powerful because Wednesday night. What he do? He put the chant to sleep. Yep,
0: locked them in, put him down. It's like, it's like I like I said, I understand why they went with that, and everything you just said makes sense. I guess maybe my issue was just, I guess the placement. Like, I don't know. At least for me, it's like, what if you put like I don't know that Sammy Guevara Darby Allen match to open open the card? Like, like get yeah. the crowd molten hot from uh, from the beginning. Because to me, it's like. That does make sense with it from an MMA aspect. I catch you, you're dead type situation. But for a wrestling crowd, it's like, oh, okay, it's over. All right. Oh, and also Dustin Rhodes totally sexually assaulted uh, Jake Hager's wife and got cheered for it. 2020, what a time to be alive. It, that
1: was weird. <laughs> that If anything from that match, that's the spot I want to un- – no, look, I wasn't, I wasn't triggered by it because it's wrestling, so very clearly it was a work uh-huh. and, you know – Dustin Rhodes is a badass. uh Jake Hager would snap you in half if you kissed his wife and she didn't and she wasn't up for it. so That's she correct. was in on the gimmick. yes that made less sense. That needed to be in the match less than okay, Jake Hager's gonna go Jake Jake Hager's trying to get this finish over. That was the part that was stupid to me like yeah, in uh, 2020
0: that, that is that is not the actions of a babyface. like like if this was the attitude no. era and he was gold dust, that probably would have flown. But this is 2020 and and yes uh, Mrs. Hager was being involved in the match which I thought was great Hager rolling to the outside and just making out with his wife to get heat I thought that was great but then yeah Dustin just full-on laid one on her mouth and and you know that's the baby I, baby face
1: <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I'm co- not
0: triggered either. I'm just saying that is some really, really bizarre baby
1: face action. Look, again, I encourage you if you have not, folks, if you are like me, and look, I love the storylines of professional wrestling, and one of the things that's making it great for me right now in AEW, and I want to parallel this later to some WWE stuff, it's so easy for me to suspend disbelief. And as much as I was rooting for, because I just like Chris Jericho as a guy, and I wanted him to be the first AEW champion uh, at, at Double or Nothing last year. And you know, hey, this is this shows this company knows what they're doing. Going to put the belt on a veteran. He's going to elevate this, make it legit. Mm-hmm. And I love the champion and the bubbly and all that mm-hmm. was funny. I was able through that story to suspend my disbelief and by God, come revolution at the end of the end of last month. I was ready for for Chris Jericho to get beat by John Moxley. Um, I love the business side of things too. That C two E two Expo interview. Kenny Omega comes up with some really good ideas, but he's kind of like me. He comes up with them at the eleventh hour, where they're difficult to execute. So maybe Cody (laughs) was busy telling Kenny, "No, you cannot have a monster truck. We cannot. You, you and Hangman cannot ride in the ring on horses." That would have been so cool. And he forgot to tell Dustin, "Hey, you probably shouldn't kiss." your opponent's wife, you're a baby face.
0: And he also forgot to tell himself, no, you shouldn't get a giant neck tattoo.
1: Oh yeah, too. (laughs) He had that tattoo. That was the best on being the elite. A couple of weeks ago, I'm so uh, proud
0: of us. We've almost made it a full hour talking about AEW, and that's the first reference we made to that tattoo. Good job, Rab.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and he's got the Young Bucks scarf on because he's trying to hide the hide tattoo. It, yeah. And they're talking about how he has an injury, and that's why he's got the thing on. And, and then by t- before they even got off the stage, like, yeah, already two people, figured it yeah. people figured it out. People figured it out. God, that's an awful tattoo. I don't want to get into that because we'll do thirty minutes on on that, and that's not what people. This is not tattoo talk. It's no, New Radio. No. So yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I will say I will say this too. Uh, we didn't touch on it. It was a great match. Uh, I think on many many cards. Again, you put some of these matches that were middle of the pack at Revolution on Dynamite as the main event. Much less you put it. I mean clearly you put it on WWE television. If you could get Vince not to screw it up, it would be the match of the year.
0: Meltzer would give it seven stars.
1: Yes. (laughs) And it was, you know, like Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen was so good, but it was,
0: that was such a good match.
1: Yeah. That happened. And then Hager won. And that's when I thought, good God, Landon's onto something.
0: Yeah, there for a second, I was thinking that I was going to be right on the nose with the inner circle sweep, but uh, that theory quickly went out the window. But I'm fine with with the results we got. AEW Revolution was one of the most fun nights I've had watching professional wrestling in a long, long time.
1: And at the end of the day, again, that's what we have to remember. That's what's important is you're supposed to have fun. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what I mentioned a moment ago. We are able because we have trust. We haven't been betrayed by the the management of AEW that we're skeptical sitting there waiting, okay, how are they gonna screw it up this time? What are they gonna do to the hero that we love because Vince, you know, is it isn't isn't big on the guy's gimmick. Vince doesn't get it. We're not sitting there jaded waiting for him to screw it up we're waiting for that holy shit moment. And it's a it, holy shit, like holy shit in a good way.
0: <laughs> because here recently, there's been like, oh, holy shit, Goldberg beat The Fiend.
1: Sorry. No, it's Sorry. like, oh, holy shit, uh, we just got it. We have, a new, we have a new finisher. We have the one-winged cowboy. That was awesome. <laughs> and yeah. they have that trust that we're able to, again, the key to wrestling, and this is not any different than you and I are both big fans of comic book movies. We love, you know, the mar- what's going on with Marvel and, and all of that. And I can put on the Avengers. And look, I can look out my window and, well, maybe it's just because I'm in small town Tennessee. But Iron Man hasn't flown by to hang out.
0: What are you talking about? We hang out all the time.
1: So, uh, you know... You, people people go to movies all the time and suspend their disbelief. I went, watch. by the way, great movie. Highly recommend The Invisible Man.
0: Mm, okay. I'll check that out. One
1: very out. good. Very good. Elizabeth Moss sold the crap out of that. Uh, I recommend it. I'm not going to give it a star rating. I don't want to like, over-hype it, but you will not be disappointed if you watch that.
0: I heard John Cena was great in it.
1: He was. He was so over in that. Um, but we all know that, you know, it's probably, I mean, we're probably 20 years away from it. Elon Musk is working on it right now uh, to be able to have the technology to do that. But I was still able to suspend my disbelief for two hours and watch this woman try to get away from her boyfriend who somehow made, it an invis- made himself invisible.
0: Or the invisibility tech is already out there and we just can't see them.
1: Ooh yeah.
0: Put on your tinfoil hats, ladies and gentlemen. We've entered Conspiracy Corner.
1: All right, now take it off. We're running out. That's what we need to do. That's what we have to return to in wrestling. You got to suspend your disbelief. Like, I love knowing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. I love after the fact hearing Cody talk about putting together this match or what went into it. But for right now, I just want to enjoy it. And that's what AEW has going for them so strongly is we suspend our disbelief because we trust we're not going to be disappointed because they have this track record of delivering. Whereas in the, and also AEW is connecting with the audience because they're suspending their disbelief. And then also they're putting good content out there. They're connecting with the audience. People have an emotional connection to want to see Orange Cassidy. Wrestle to see John Moxley go over to I- invest just so deeply into that Bucks uh Page Omega tag team match. That's the magic, A- and that's what's that's what's going for AEW so well right now. You look at WWE; they've betrayed the fans' trust, and so the fans don't trust them to do it right. But then also, I think why they don't do it right is they haven't you know Vince doesn't have that connection with the fan base anymore
0: here recently we've been getting more and more reports of Vince McMahon coming in at the last second and just ripping up plans for a raw pay or for a raw show or a Smackdown show and rewriting everything like an hour 45 minutes till the show open or till the show starts doors are already opened but ne- they're now in the process of rewriting it
1: I'll do you one better I listened again, I listened to a podcast, this was probably a year ago, uh, on the Jericho Cruise, it was The King and JR. JR said he did full shows back in the day, and they go segment by segment. There's 11 segments on a Monday Night Raw, if it's a three hour Monday Night Raw. Segment one, here's the information, here's what you need to know, either getting a piece of paper, or they're feeding it through his ear, go to break, sell some whatever, whoever's advertising with the WWE right now, uh, come back, here's your rundown for segment two, and they do the whole three hours like that. How can you have anything, how can you have anything connect? And look, it's not just, we say Vince, it's not just Vince's fault. No. There's a team of writers, well, that's your problem number one, you gotta book wrestling, not write wrestling. But it's also, hey, I get a wild hair at my ass, I don't like this, and I don't care if we have six months of work, or, you know, again, we talked about it with, with we're trying to get we're trying to figure out how to get to the destination we want to. And we're not worrying about the journey and like the destination they want is Roman Reigns to go over at WrestleMania. And so we're just going to force that on everybody because, well, you know, got to make Roman. Look they're not going to like Goldberg because Goldberg beat the fee. And ruin that and that just makes it make the make the IWC mad and then they'll kind of sort of begrudgingly accept Goldberg when in reality it might just backfire on them completely and nobody cares at all.
0: Like I I'm trending more towards not watching than I am watching WrestleMania this year and that's that's saying something big for me because even when I haven't been plugged into the product I would still always come back for WrestleMania
1: because it's mania time baby. You you watch the Royal Rumble, you see who wins the Rumble, and then you follow the storylines till WrestleMania, and then you can't you, you check out for another year.
0: And we still have some time to get to WrestleMania. I do fully admit that. There are some things on the card that I think are cool. Like I think the Cena fiend storyline, that could be cool. But as a whole, I am not enthused in the slightest for WrestleMania 36 this year. And 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 it's a shame because, I mean, it is, at the end of the day, it's WrestleMania. It's the granddaddy of them all. And it's it's a shame that WWE can, it seemed like, at a whim, throw out months and months of storyline building, telling, or making you be invested in these characters and giving you reasons why you are invested. And then that just, like, throwing the baby out with the bathwater... And then on the flip side AEW all of their long-term bookings like they give them time they give you those reasons to care about people they give you uh actions of these people to make you care about them and then almost as importantly when they hear it isn't working they know when to pull the plug because the nightmare collective says what's up Now that's not to say that uh that the WWE that the WWE needs to do what AEW does In every instance, because, I mean, let's travel back five, six-ish years ago, and when a relatively new tag team that got put together of Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods was being booed out of the building on a weekly and nightly basis, who would have thought that fast forward to 2020, and they're one of the most over-tag teams of all time in the New Day? So, Absolutely.
1: It, it just, it's just so stunning for you to say, Hey, I'm not sure I'm into, into mania. Meanwhile, I'm sitting over here and I'm sure you're the same way too. We can't wait to talk about what's going on in AEW. Cause mm-hmm. we want to see what happens. Even if I have an idea, even if, you know, I, I think I'm what, like 95% sure at this point, maybe 95 is high, 90% sure. You got to leave 10% in the wrestling business, right? Card subject to change, um, <laughs> which is a great documentary, by the way, if you can still find it somewhere. I think I watched that on Netflix back in the day. It's probably gone forever. It's
0: no longer on Netflix. I can tell you that.
1: It's not on Netflix, but it's a good documentary. Look it up. Um, I'm like 90% sure that Matt Hardy's going to be the exalted one. And I'll be honest with you. It's not bad booking. I'm just – cause. I don't know again because I been my disbelief and I like the good guys. I'm not sure I'm really interested in Matt Hardy going lead the exalted one because I'm still like I, I think that I think the dark order booking is good. it's just still not my most exciting thing like I think there I, I think it almost 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 to the point where like I got this you know Shivani put this in my head the other day maybe there is no leader. Shivani and Daniels put this in my head the other day. There is no leader of the Dark Order.
0: Oh my God. Could you imagine after they've teased almost everybody that was rumored to be an independent wrestler or straight up every independent wrestler, they tease everybody and it turns out, yeah, it's nobody. Oh my God. That would be a massive, massive Russo-esque swerve. But uh, I think 90% feels about right for Matt Hardy to end up being the Dark Order's exalted one. And I think it would be interesting if Matt Hardy was named the Exalted One because I think he would give this group some credence that it didn't already have. And also with a creative mind like Matt Hardy and it seems the creative carte blanche that AEW is giving their talent, I would be super interested to see where the Dark Order goes with a broken slash exalted Matt Hardy at the head of the table, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and at that point, if, you know, one of your questions is where are you going with main event type things? Uh, Matt Hardy elevates it to a point where either Matt Hardy or someone within the, the dark order uh, could challenge a John Moxley or feud with an inner circle even type thing, although that's kind of two darker heel-like fashions, factions fighting with each other. But we don't have to have hard and fast rules in wrestling. I just, it becomes a point where it's like, okay, when have you tipped the scale too far in one direction? You see what I'm saying? Like with the Dark Order, they're already powerful enough to be able to just like run roughshod over the tag division, uh, in my opinion. So I, I just, it since it's so obvious that it looks like Matt Hardy's going to join the Dark Order, as the exalted one, I just wonder, just my own curiosity is like, yeah, but what if you did? I don't even know what the this would be, but what if you do did this instead? That's that's my only thought. Like I'm all for it happening. I'm gonna be fine with it. I'm gonna be entertained by it. I just I just wonder if isn't there this maybe this other thing you do that's slightly more interesting. I don't know.
0: I think that's a fair question to ask. And I also think it's fair to ask. And this is coming from me, who previously just said how big of a Dark Order and Matt Hardy fan he is exclusively of each other. Part of me is a little afraid that if they do hook up the Dark Order with, you know, Broken Matt Hardy, they're just going to kind of be shoehorned into the Broken universe, or they're going to kind of just be there floating around for Matt Hardy's wackiness. But at the same time, when Matt Hardy was Broken Matt Hardy in Impact Wrestling, he was the most interesting and the most over thing in all of professional wrestling. So I'm... I can see where you're coming from possibly you know hanging on to that one thing that you also think could they do this but I but I do think it's important to remember Matt Hardy doesn't have much left on his bump card and he would be the first one to tell you Matt Hardy at one point while he was still active for in the WWE tweeted out well I just had my last match uh, blah 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 turned out he ended up coming back a couple times but when somebody asked him why what's going on uh, I think it was either Matt or Rebby his wife on Twitter, said that, I mean, his his spine is practically fused together. Like, he he and his brother Jeff have taken some hellacious and extreme, no pun intended, yes. bumps throughout their career. And father time is undefeated and father time does catch up to you at some point. So I don't know how much we would see Matt Hardy as an in-ring participant. I do think we'll see it, you know... Some every now and then, but I don't think we're going to be seeing him week in, week out on Dynamite putting on matches. I think we're going to see him as a creative entity, as a mouthpiece, as a leader, uh, similar to what I think we're going to be seeing with Jake the Snake Roberts now that that snake has come out of his hole and shown up on AEW.
1: See, okay, that's that's more interesting than me. That, that's more interesting to me Is is Matt Hardy just kind of pulling the strings on the dark order, just kind of like the the nightmare family has arn anderson and and sean spears i guess has again go away sean spears (laughs) uh has tully blanchard what did sean spears do to you damn (laughs) (laughs) it's just not interesting to me okay you're trying to find the perfect tag team partner you haven't found one and you just keep walking out. Maybe I just I feel bad. Brandon Cutler was so close to finally winning an AEW.
0: <laughs> there it is. You're a Cutler Mark. Although you know what I realized, <laughs> you
1: know when I realized that, that Brandon was gonna be screwed? Is Cody's nice enough a- and the Bucks like Brandon enough that if he was actually gonna win his first match and, and, and go from being 0 and nine to one in ten, it would have happened on Dynamite.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It definitely would have been, but that would have totally ruined Cutler's storyline is him and uh, the librarian Peter Avalon are currently in a feud for, quote, the worst wrestler in a e w, which I mean, y'all do you is <laughs> definitely Peter Avalon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely Peter Avalon. <laughs> God the librarian. I understand that gimmick started as a joke, but yeesh. Some of that stuff is just cringeworthy.
1: It is funny when Taz interrupts uh, Excalibur and makes him shut up on Dark, though.
0: Man, speaking of, Taz has been so good ever since he signed up to be uh, doing some color commentating for AEW. Like yeah, and AEW, Excalibur are just like, like kissy emoji thing.
1: And AEW's going to have to have a serious uh, sit down with that and, and figure out what they want to do. Uh, because their announcer stable is a little bit full. Uh, Uh, at the moment. Uh Um, And and I am the biggest Jim Ross mark in the history of the world. Uh, But maybe it's time to find something else for good old JR to do.
0: How does the title of head announcer emeritus sound, Jim?
1: I think he could still come back and work some matches, work some... They used to do that back in the day. There was a different announce team for the WWF pay-per-views than there was for the the weekly television shows, I just think they need to find out something for him to do. Heck,
0: WWE used to do the same thing after JR was uh, was no longer doing week-by-week week, uh, Monday Night Raw. They would still bring him back for the big matches at WrestleMania. I mean, I still remember he would come out and call Stone Cold's yep. matches, and it made them feel that much bigger because here comes Jim Ross to call the big main event match. And if AEW wants to go down that same route, I think, A, it would make whatever matches he's featured on it would elevate those matches give them the quote big fight feel that you want from those main event type titles or uh, main event type matches I think it would help find the quote best voice in your booth and also I think it would keep you know in theory feelings from getting hurt now I understand somebody's probably going to come out a little bit less happy than everybody else but at the same time this might be the best situation for everybody involved. But what do I know? I'm just some rando doofus talking into a USB microphone on the internet.
1: Here's the other thing I thought of, because they have Shivani too. And this is just me in general, because I'm as, as a sports guy, I, I and I, I, I've also had this happen because I've been on three and four man broadcast teams uh, doing high school football in the past, and it can get crowded way too quick. Mm-hmm.
0: Very fast. So I don't
1: think they need a three man booth, and this is nothing against Tony Shavani because Shivani's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. What's up, Skiavone?
0: <laughs> and also, uh, you you uh, you drop a, a Jericho voice, much like Jericho. Skiavone is also tied to another job with his uh, with his play by play responsibilities with the Georgia Bulldogs baseball. So
1: yeah, he's got Georgia, he's got Georgia. He does a bunch. He does a bunch of stuff. He still does sports updates for uh 929 the game and and, and whatnot over there. Uh, Cumulus in uh, Atlanta. Wait, so me and Skiavone work for the same company? I think so. Oh if my I remember god, that, that's if remi- awesome! If I remember that right, you just have to go look up 92.9 the game and see if they're in the Cumulus family. I think they are. I could be wrong about that, but wow! If they're I was, not there's only like hmm. there's only like two companies who own radio stations. <laughs> Um, so here's the thought I had the other day because the booth is kind of crowded and I th- I'm I'm getting more I think Excalibur's getting better at understanding how, how to call matches for network television and clearly he's kind it's it's still weird because like Jim's sort of driving the bus but like Excalibur's calling the match. And the whole thing that AEW is about is a more sports like presentation, right? Mm-hmm. And so the best, what's the best thing on the NBA on TNT? It's not the games, and that's nothing against Marb Albert and Kevin Harlan, because those guys are studs calling the games. It's the crew
0: on TNT. It's
1: the pregame and <laughs> postgame show. Yep. So why don't you recreate that? And why don't you have Excalibur and Taz call the match and then in between matches you go up to the studio team Hmm. up in the skybox doing like the pregame postgame inside the NBA Monday night countdown college game day like analysis of it and I understand that would be hard look AEW is already jam-packed in a two-hour show they have not played the intro song to a w dynamite since lord knows when <laughs> but you know that would fit that would that would fill some of that time because the one thing aew has got to speed up we don't need to we, we have to speed up the introductions we don't need to hear everybody's full song every time they come out and while some of that is is happening and you're showing that why not have uh uh, a Jim Ross or uh, a Tony uh, Skiavone uh, set the picture there and and kind of have the, you know, like they do for the pay-per-views on the network, the, the panel up there breaking things down and just adding in a different voice and then let the dudes who are, uh, you know, doing it well uh, call the matches. Uh, and I'm really just kind of doing that because I don't want to be a jerk to JR and shove him out. But Excalibur and Taz are where it's at, uh, uh announce-wise.
0: Yeah, I do think the combination of Excalibur and Taz is your strongest combination of the roster of voices you do have.
1: And if you want to keep it at a three-man booth, then I'm sorry, JR. We still got to find something else for you to do because I'm picking Tony.
0: Honestly, let Tony be the be the floating stand-up guy. Like, like I, I think I think he's great in that role. Leave Taz and and be it, the
1: mean be the mean Gene backstage.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Skeet yep. can yep. be mean yep. Gene. Yep. and then and then Jr. can be uh, head announcer emeritus and come out for main events.
1: I mean, kind of like Earl Hebner doesn't work Dynamite. He just kind of shows up at pay per views randomly. There you go. All right, what else is going on in the the wrestling world? We need to touch on.
0: Um, we made reference to his return, and I'm talking of the WWE legend, uh, one of the best promos when we were growing up, and he proved by God, he's still one of the best on the stick in the world when he showed up on AEW. That is Jake the Snake Roberts making a surprise appearance, pretty much calling his shot, or rather, the shot of his client going after Cody and Man, what a promo. Jake, like, I would not have thought in a thousand years that I would be saying Jake the Snake Robert showed up on AEW Dynamite and cut an out-of-this-world promo in the year 2020. And you already made reference to it. Jake looks great. Once again, shout out to DDP Yoga. And the promo he cut, the way he ended it, there's a saying that you never turn your back on a man you respect or fear through the microphone, up into the air, turns his back on Cody, walks out of the ring. I mean, like, that wasn't a mic drop. That was a literally throw the mic into the air and it comes down as a bomb, like blow up the building type moment. That was so incredible. So, Rab, a couple questions on that. Your thoughts on the promo of the returning Jake the Snake Roberts and then who or whom be those client that he made a reference to?
1: Well, I... We'll we'll do the second one first. Uh, I, I think it's a good chance. Was Luke Harper? Luke Harper, it, uh, Brody is Lee. rumored mm-hmm. uh, to be coming to AEW. Uh, and then uh, the the Archer guy mm-hmm. hasn't debuted yet.
0: Lance Archer, yes, AEW made an announcement heck before Revolution that uh, Lance Archer, a big massive star, both in on the independents and in New Japan. He signed with All Elite Wrestling and has yet to show up, even though they said we would have already seen his debut. And it's interesting you bring up Lance Archer's name because on the Thursday after last week's Dynamite, he retweeted that interview with a snake emoji. And somebody pointed out online, and this is something that I completely overlooked, uh, Lance Archer has kind of like a weird shaved mohawk haircut type thing. And somebody pointed out that Jake Roberts also has that same weird shaved mohawkie looking haircut. So I'm thinking it definitely could end up being the former Luke Harper, uh, now Brody Lee, because he's been, that's one of the worst kept secrets in professional wrestling. Even before he was a free agent, Luke Harper is going to be on AEW. But I think it's more likely it's going to be uh Lance Archer, and I am super excited at the prospects of Lance Archer with a mouthpiece like Jake Roberts taking on Cody. Like, I think I think that could be a really fun matchup.
1: Absolutely. I, I also think it's, like, it, it's very smart, and now we have our answer to, okay, what is AEW going to do with Cody if he can't challenge for the strap? Because clearly the company's going to be fine because you're putting the belt on guys like Moxley. We can... I could make I could make a list a mile mile long of guys I want to see at some point challenge whoever the champion is for the belt and who have main event potential. Uh, but you you see, number one, Cody wanted to – that was a personal thing for him that Dusty was always attacked, right, for putting himself over and putting the strap on himself as the booker, even though, hey, sometimes that was probably good for business, daddy. Hard times. <laughs> Um, and he wanted to to clear that up, and and that you know the w the AEW takes very seriously what they say, and Cody's not gonna challenge for the strap Yeah, Right at some point, Cody's gonna have some sort of belt, and at some point they'll figure out some way for Cody if if he wants it to be the the world champion, if he wants to. But it's clear right now. Hey, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm gonna put. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna help build up and put over this young and incoming talent that we have, and have these really interesting feuds because they MJF and Cody ain't done, and whoever's coming in under Jake's tutelage and, and leadership, that's gonna be a big main event level uh, storyline and feud alongside the world championship pursuit, which is what you always need. It can't all just be about who's got that strap. You gotta have these personal rivalries that built because build because eventually when they do involve a belt, it means so much more because you have that history. Here's what I want to know. Here's here's what I need told in AEW story form because I get in reality, it's all just a storyline that people probably really don't hate Cody or think he's Caesar, uh, but <laughs> at the beginning line, of though. the. M- at the MJ at the MJF at the beginning of the MJF feud, and I think they kind of maybe fleshed it out better. And basically, it was like MJF just felt that Cody was was using him to keep him at bay because MJF's better than everybody because he's a narcissist. Um, what what is it that all of these people want to not? What is it that that again? kayfabe the american nightmare has done that all these people want to knock him from his throne or has he done anything is it just kind of jealousy you know like flesh that out a little bit more because it it, that what is it that makes uh someone like like uh, you know again again a wrestling hall of famer like jake roberts sit at home storyline wise kayfabe again and say man I i didn't knock that dude down a peg he's a snake in the grass it, that's what that that's where that's where this needs to go, and that needs to be explained because I do think that's an uh, an important uh, angle to it. That's the next question I want answered. There's, okay, I understand all these people are coming after Cody, and you got to have something for him to do. Uh, but why are people pissed off at Cody?
0: I think that's a fair question, and this is something that I've always thought of watching Cody and his booking in AEW and I'm not the first person to say it I'll go, I'll flee, uh, freely admit to that and I probably won't be the last person to think it I think some of Cody's bookings is a little um overbooked they have a lot of bells and whistles a lot of time unnecessarily so and he always is running into these situations where you know somebody has to like you say come and take his place or knock him down a peg and it's like don't get me wrong I'm not complaining I want to make that very very clear. I'm just starting to see some patterns in the stories we're telling involving Cody Rhodes, but I mean they've been working so far, so I can't really complain all that much. But I do think you make a good point. Why is all of this happening? Why is everybody coming and just have their uh, their their crosshairs focused specifically on Cody?
1: And, and look, if it's as simple as his last name is Rhodes and he runs a wrestling company and. They don't buy all the BS that, you know, he's going to be different from his daddy and not just use the wrestling company to put himself over. And they basically are just coming to challenge that Rhodes legacy and that Rhodes crown. And they just want to take down Cody because he is wrestling royalty. That's fine. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It's not got to be broken Matt Hardy, free the delete level.
0: Uh, <laughs> or you need a freaking Wikipedia and you're still not sure what's going on. Yeah, dude. Like I wa- <laughs> So
1: you texted me last week. You're like, go watch free the delete right now. You got to go watch the latest episode. And I kind of knew, I kind of, okay, I need to see this because somebody from AEW has shown up. And this is going to, you know tie into to being the elite
0: and then i and then i texted you back wait are you caught up on this you're like and i was
1: like no and you're like well you're in luck because they're only like two and a half minutes long and i was like oh i have 30 minutes to kill Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think i had to watch some of them a couple times Uh and then you sent me something where matt hardy explained it with the backstory (laughs) and it still makes you go huh
0: yeah it's like um wow this is uh this is out there matt it is definitely creative. I'll give you that. <laughs> huh.
1: Yep. I mm-hmm, Pretty much. That's all you can say. <laughs> it's still, look, it's still, it's phenomenally good. It's wonderful. It's amazing. This should, again, this should give you some insight into the WWE Universe's issues. Matt Hardy's hella creative. And Broken Matt Hardy's super over. And, you know, you got to work around copyright stuff. The WWE is always going to tweak your gimmick slightly so they can copyright it. And, and you know, it, was, it wasn't was Broken Matt Hardy coming from Impact. It was Woken Matt Hardy or uh-huh. whatever. Yep. But then I saw an interview that he did, a transcript of an interview. He did a quote from, uh, he was on the La Greca Bully Ray oh, Show. Oh, the Busted uh, Open radio. Busted Open. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, I don't think Vince got it all the way. And then, you know, we've heard this a million times. He gets fixated on stuff. So there was a promo that Matt did early in his WWE run, this last run, where, like, he laughed at the end. Uh Uh-huh. And Vince liked it. Uh, So then what do you have to do every week?
0: That's, that's, That's all the gimmick became was him coming out and laughing weird. That's the entire yep. gimmick. And also in this same interview I saw the I saw the transcript where they asked him straight up, "Why did you and Bray Wyatt go off TV?" because remember at a time they they were a tag team, they were the deleter of Worlds and Matt Hardy said he thinks they got taken off of TV just because the creative team was tired of him and Bray bringing them ideas for their characters. That's why they got taken off TV because creative got tired of hearing from them. And I'm like, that doesn't make any
1: sense. Again, folks, you say it with me. You book wrestling. (laughs) You don't write it. So yeah, look, I'm, I'm really excited about the direction we are going in the wrestling world because again, with the internet, there is something for you. Aew may not be your cup of tea cool. NWA power is good even though I'm not watching it every week.
0: Free on YouTube.
1: I hear they're doing some good things and it fills that niche. I still wish there was a way for them to do that and then still have the NWA belt running around and showing up other places because that's the legacy of that belt. There is uh major league wrestling which, is doing good things, and a lot of these guys who are becoming big time stars in AEW found their creative footing uh, with the the major, the Court Bauer and the Major League Wrestling folks. And uh, I love the way Court goes about doing business. He did a really good interview on Talkies Jericho uh, several months back. There is the WWE product if if you want that.
0: Heck, Impact is doing really good things.
1: Impact's doing well. And look, NXT within the umbrella of WWE hasn't been totally ruined by Vince yet. So,
0: <laughs> by the way, real quick, speaking on Impact, there was some scary news that came out of uh, Impact tapings over the weekend. Uh, the. Uh, Freakzilla himself, uh, Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner, collapsed apparently having some sort of cardiac episode. Was rushed out of the taping uh, and into the ER. Reports are saying he will recover, but uh, scary stuff. Thoughts and prayers with Scott Steiner.
1: Absolutely, that's one of the few wrestlers, other than like the super super over guys. um, Not that Scott wasn't over, but you know that have it like like everybody knows Stone Cold Steve Austin. Everybody everybody knows The Rock. Uh, As one of the few uh wrestlers who are just pretty much known for being a wrestler, uh that my wife knows who that is. <laughs> because her dad used to watch WCW back in the day in the, the Steiner Recliner. Uh huh. <laughs> so uh yeah, hope big papa pump's doing Okay, and and he showed up and and did a thing on on NWA too.
0: Well, and plus it's like Scott Steiner is scheduled to work for Impact over there uh, over their TNA reunion show over WrestleMania weekend. So I don't know if that is still going to happen, but uh, obviously, uh, holler if you hear me. Uh, thoughts and prayers with uh, Scott Steiner.
1: Absolutely, and so I just I think it is a time as a wrestling fan uh, Dawes, Uh, for us to be excited because there is something out there for you and it's easily accessible you don't have to trade tapes like back in the Mm -hmm. day you don't have to get your buddy uh nc caucus to tape ecw (laughs) for you um it it was what it was on in in nc caucus and in Florida, because of the Sun Channel.
0: Yep that was that <laughs> was the first much. time I ever saw ECW. I was on vacation with my family, and something called Extreme Championship Wrestling came on the Sunshine Channel really late at night, and I'm like, "This is amazing."
1: There, look, they, you know, AEW is so easy to take in because it's on a major network, and you can watch it on demand. That's how I do it every week. Is that's my Thursday afternoon Zen time? Is is with hangman page and 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 the folks at aew uh so uh it's really easy and we're guilty of doing it does it's really easy sometimes to to bang on the business and this or that that you don't like but the great thing is for the first time in 20 years there's legitimate alternatives and they're easy to access and so that's the high note that i want to end this on is i think the wrestling business uh, despite what the idiots on twitter will tell you oh if AEW is so good how come a million people don't watch it uh because nxt is also on and it's not horrible mm-hmm. and what you really should be excited about is on a wednesday night's 1.6 million people are watching wrestling yep and, and i mean honestly tnt's happy that they have almost a million people watching on a wednesday night the, the 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 media world has changed. It's not like it was 10 years ago where, oh, only a million people are watching Impact. We have to cancel that on Spike. Here's another 18 episodes of Bar Rescue. <laughs> <laughs> TNT's excited. They have something on Wednesday nights that, that you have to tune in and watch. It's not, not that there's anything wrong with playing a Star Wars movie marathon or the Shawshank Redemption, but... All right, it's original content that people are excited for and almost a million people are watching it and you add in the 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 streaming numbers that I'm sure bumped that up a little bit and they, they sold a heck of a lot of pay-per-views at Revolution. The wrestling business, I think, is healthy once again and we should be excited about that even though we have things we can nitpick with the product.
0: Absolutely, and and I do think we need to be very cognizant. We, are, we, we, we do bag on the business some. I mean, we... <sighs> For me, it's like like the reason I keep going back to the WWN and be like, why? Just why? Is because it's like this is something I grew up with. This is something that, yes. that that I love, and I want it to be, you know, that thing that brought me joy, like it did back in the day. Now that doesn't mean I'm saying you need to book for me and me specifically. I'm I'm aware that this is a product for an audience that I'm really not the target market for. But at the same time, it's like. At least for me, it's like, the reason The reason I keep bagging and picking at the WWE is because I want it to be better. It's because top to bottom, it's like, talent-wise, this is the most talented roster they've ever had. And this is the most talented roster on the planet. And this comes at a time where wrestling is going through a boom. Wrestling is going through a renaissance. WWE, in my opinion, has the best athletes in the world, unfortunately, they're not using them in a way that I think uh, shines a spotlight on some of them, but you are right. And it is a good time for the business. So we need to focus on the positives and Rab, I'm positive. I have enjoyed spending the last 90 minutes with you talking about the sweet science of professional wrestling on the way out the door, any quick thoughts? And also where can the lovely listener find you on the social and also at your day job?
1: Yeah. I'll just second that thought. We want the WWE to be good. Mm -hmm. Because it's the WWE, and I get it, you know, WCW eventually had the big gold belt, and that meant to, came to mean something special, and I had to actually go back and learn about the history of the difference between the big gold belt and the NWA title. But there are two titles in the history of wrestling that really, really mean something, that's not to discredit AEW or Impact, their world champions, and what they're doing, or any other promotion. To be the WWE champion or back in the day in the in, in the heyday of the NWA to be the NWA champion was probably a bigger deal than being the WWE champion, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. It means something. So I don't want to see that historic company. It's just like I wouldn't want NASCAR to fail because it's the that's the pinnacle of that sport. I don't want the pinnacle of the sport to die just because I like something else, the alternative better right now. I want both. Amen. Follow me on Twitter at RabWill. Check out my show Off the Bench uh, on WCDT. Best way to do that is go to WCDTradio.com or look me up on TuneIn Monday through Friday, 11 to noon, talking sports and whatnot.
0: Uh, Follow me on Twitter Twitter.com slash Landoz L-A-N-D-O-Z That's where you can find the latest from me 280 characters at a time I also have a website ButtMunchChips.com ButtMunchChips Sit on your munch. That's where you can find exclusively posted episodes of Game of Thrones Talk A.K.A. Got Talk uh, Vintage Episodes We'll call them of Nearfall Radio But in lieu of that I invite you to head to the iTunes Store and be sure to search for this podcast you're listening to right now The R&D Project Subscribe Leave us a 5-star review and tell your friends me and Rab, we enjoyed doing this, but the way we'll en- enjoy doing it more is if we have more of you, the lovely listeners, to come along with us. I'm the producer of The Phil Show on the News Talk 98.7 WOKI, radio station locally in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming worldwide at Newstalk987.com, also available in the iHeartRadio app and also the News Talk 98.7 app also, The Phil Show is available in the iTunes store. Search The Phil Show, News Talk 987. I also appear on the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast, a podcast if you're a fan of the Walt Disney World Resorts and all the latest happenings from there. Uh, getting into a little bit of conversation on how the coronavirus could be impacting your trip to Disney because it definitely did impact one of our trips to Disney. I'm not going to say if it was Rab or if it was me. Okay, spoiler alert, it was me. So be sure and give that a listen. And... uh Yeah, I think that's it. Rab, anything else?
1: No, man, that's pretty much it. Uh, Good to talk with you. And again, folks, stay tuned because sometime later this week, it's a double episode week. Uh, We'll have an R&D project uh, for you. And uh, looking forward to that and talk about all the other uh, stuff going on in the world. Uh, including apparently people forgetting to change their license plate on their car for the better part of the last twenty three years.
0: <laughs> you know, I thought I'd been forgetting something for the last decade, but we'll we'll get into that in a later episode. So for Will Rab, my name is Landon Done. We thank you for joining us on another edition of Nearfall Radio. We've been Nearfall. You've been great. Thank you very much, and have a good night.